Go Loud Selects. Brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Okay, so Simon, are you ready to tell us what you watch this week and thrill us with your picks? <laughs> is that the voice you're going to use this week? This is my uh, serious it's voice what? that I think <laughs> makes me sound I got more intelligent. One could imagine I'm wearing a suit with glasses and I've been... You sound like Goofy's stuck in a room with a bong. Let's <laughs> do it! And welcome to another episode of Go Loud Selects, a Go Loud original with Simon Delaney and Aidan Power. Did I you do it? You got it this week. You remembered. You said Go Loud Selects is a Go Loud original. Well done. I've been practicing all week. Jesus, the but pressure. But also, remember, it's a Go Loud production. If you got that bit, you see. You were well, then I didn't loud. get it. You tell, tell me I got it. I have the victory and I'm like, yes. And no, I didn't do it. All right. And the show's brought to you, Aidan, by... Sky Ireland. And our first recommendation this week from Sky is for Midwich Cuckoos, which is a really, when I say weird show, it's a really out there strange show. It's seven part drama with Keely Hawes and Max Beasley. Everyone in this small village in uh, this beautiful town in England uh, gets pregnant for some uh, unmistakable and unexplainable reason. And Keely Hawes and Max Beasley have to figure out what is in the water. It is I have strange. To be honest, the trailer just frightened the bejesus out of me. There's a moment <laughs> in the trailer where all, where all the kids stop and then Keely Hawes looks at them and they all turn around and their faces all change. <laughs> I was like behind the sofa at that point. Yeah, it's based on uh, a book that was written in the in the 1950s. And in the book, and this not to ruin anything from the TV show, because they made some differences for the TV show, the kids all look the same, but they made a, a very yeah, significant very change for this. you got to go watch the show to see what it's about. Uh, it's yeah. getting rave reviews, Keely Hawes, Max Beasley, uh, two stellar actors leading the charge in this one. If you like your shows with a bit of mystery and a bit of what the hell, this is the one to watch. It's on Sky Max, and it's also streaming on now now and it's seven episodes not six not eight you see Lucky seven okay so i haven't dived into it yet and i want to ask the listeners should we dive in i want to hear what they think about us because i'm a big scaredy cat well not big i'm a large scaredy cat (laughs) (laughs) i'm a huge scaredy cat let's be honest all right is it too scary for size scary cat simon delaney uh let us know get in touch the baby has my dna but not yours Apparently, there's no evidence of paternal DNA of any kind. Right. Uh, you haven't got that yet because you've had a lot, of, a lot of other good things that you've been watching. Or have they all been good? Obviously, you're not going to mention, recommend well, anything this week. I tell you, I'm going to start with something that I kind of fell upon on Netflix that I'd heard nothing about. And I've heard nobody talking about it online. And I just found it. And I thought, and then I looked at who was in it. And I thought, why have I heard nothing about this? So I dived in. I don't know whether you've seen this or not. Either of you, John. John, good afternoon, by the way. Good afternoon to you, John. Have you ever, boys, heard or seen a show called The Pentaverous? No, I think you made that word up. Pentaverous. The Pentaverous. Never heard the word. Never heard of the show. I'd never heard of the words, um, but I came across this. This is on Netflix. This is a comedy series on Netflix, uh, written by and starring Mike Myers. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's the face I made when I saw it on the media event. How, re- how recent is it? This is new. This is only the last couple of weeks. It dropped on, well, on, I discovered it a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, I've gone two episodes into it. Um, let me give you the pitch because this is kind of mad. 
So the premise of the show is since the Black Plague in 1347, five men have been working to influence world events for the greater good. One unlikely Canadian journalist finds himself in the middle of a mission to expose the truth and in the process save the world. So the Pentaveret is a collection of five people who basically have been running the world since 1347. I know, this is mental stuff. Written by uh, Mike Myers, created by him, and he plays, wait for it, no less than eight different parts in the show. Ah. So, if you remember his turn as Austin Power, he played, you know, a couple of parts in that. Mm. It's that kind of vibe. Again, He's he plays... Uh, Scottish characters, Australian characters, Canadian characters, American characters. And in some scenes, there are six versions of him in the same scene. It must have been a pain in the hole to shoot. It must have taken forever. Um, I'm only two episodes in, and I want to ask the listeners, should I keep going with this? Because uh, when I came to the end of the first episode, I thought, what in the name of Jesus have I just watched? But I, okay, I'll go next episode. And now I've finished two episodes, and I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not blown away by it. I think yeah. some of his performances, it's very funny. Like there's, there's bits that are very funny. It's futuristic. It's set in the future. Um, in the first episode, there's a scientist who's kidnapped and he's brought to the Pentaverus, which is the five people, and he's he, he's been inducted into the Pentaverus, and they give him a certain mission. He's he's. He's asked to try and they're asked to try and uh, to help climate change. This professor gets against his will, dragged into the Pentaverus, and he has to jump in. Meanwhile, the main character who Mike, Mike Myers plays is a character called Ken Scarborough, who's like a Canadian news reporter, and he kind of does puff pieces and you know magazine pieces. And he's in his late fifties and he's about to retire. And the network who, who who he works for, they want to fire him because he's been there since God was an altar boy and they want to get rid of him. And he begs for one last chance. He said, he says, look, if I can bring you one groundbreaking story, if I can break a big story, can I keep my job? And they say, yes. And he ends up at a convention at a conspiracy theorists convention. And this guy comes up to him and keeps mentioning, have you ever heard of the Pentaverus? And of course he hasn't. And he hooks up with this guy and decides that his job is to go and expose this organization. So he's going to try and save his job by breaking this story. Uh, Mike Myers plays that lead guy as well as seven other characters. And Jennifer Saunders is in there. Debbie Mazar plays uh, the executive assistant to the Pentaverus. Like there's some Ken Jong is in it. There's some it's a great cast. Rob Lowe appears in it. Um they appear he appears as a kind of a fictionalized version of himself. Um it is bat shit crazy the premise. I'd never heard on I still I even went online to have a look at it and I thought, there's nobody talking about this show. And then I thought Am I going mad? Am I having an aneurysm? Does this show actually exist? And it does. <laughs> Um, but I want the listeners out there, anyone who's listening to the show, if you've seen it, you know, drop us a line on Twitter or on Instagram because I want to know am I alone in this thing or am I now in some sort of matrix reality reality watching this? Have you ever heard of it? No. Not a, not a dicky bird about it. And the fact that um, not only is it Mike Myers, uh, you know, in a new comedy show, like when's the last yeah. time we did material involving Mike when Myers? When's the last time we made a movie? But also then you mentioned uh, Jennifer Saunders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Debbie Mazar, Ken, Ken, Ken Young. Young. Yeah. 
And exactly, so, like, yeah. huge. So why have they just slipped this one in without any motion? Um, is it's rather strange. You know, if it, if it was anybody else other than Mike Myers playing all those parts, it kind of reminds me of of Shit's Creek because Shit's Creek was on CBC Canadian broadcast was on kind of Canadian television kind of was a sleeper and then it landed on Netflix and went mental. And I'm thinking, yeah. Is this the same thing? Like I know you know Myers Canadian obviously made for Netflix. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean it is big you're in it and you're enjoying futuristic it. and it's like there's spaceships and there's CGI. I mean I mean, even looking at Mike Myers in the different seven or eight different incarnations that he is in this series, like the mm. the, the, the prosthetics and are so much better than they were when even when he did Austin Powers, like it's brilliantly made. But I don't know if I like it or not, but I, I feel like I'm going to just keep going because something might just click for me. But if anybody out there has watched it, let me know, please. Where were you born? Well, actually, I was born in Toronto. No, you were born in your mother's ass. Well, that's less than kind and impossible. The Pentaverse. Great. I'll have, I'll have fun even trying to type that into Netflix to find it. <laughs> if it's not coming up in the menus. <laughs> It'll be there. Or in the most watched. All right. Uh, I'm definitely going to check that out. I have a, a pick for you that maybe has slight similarities to what you mentioned there. You talk about a, no. a, group, a group of five. Mine is uh, about a group of seven. It's the secrets of it. No, it's not. Um, let me ask both you and John uh, two questions. One, do you like superheroes? Or Not really, I'll follow, no. I'll follow that up by going, are you sick of the amount of superhero movies, superhero versions and TV shows and DC this I know you're going with this now. I think I know the series you're talking about. No, I, I wouldn't be a Marvel fan. I'm not into Spider-Man, Batman and all those other men and Ant-Man and fucking whoever, <laughs> other man. John, um, are you into all those dot, 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 man, man, yeah. etc.? I have no interest in going into the Marvel universe. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people kind of completists to keep going with it but like they're adults wasting their lives in my opinion but <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ there are but, people currently this is this podcast going, what's that bloody idiot you're talking about wasting Jesus your Christ lives uh, Dear, don't get me wrong go loud selects Real world there are some good superhero films out there no question I mean the last Batman oh. film was not a superhero film it was a serial killer film with Batman yes. in it uh, and there's you know some good Good stuff out there. And I like the kind of darker turns they're taking with that kind of material. I have a funny feeling I know where you're going with this one. Yeah. And, uh, and Batman, and is he a superhero? Because he, he doesn't have any superpowers, so on and so forth. And All right, so, who gives a shite? What are you talking about? What's the show you're talking about? Which is The Boys. Have you heard of The Boys? Have you not I, heard of The Boys? I have yes. heard of it. Okay, have you watched The Boys? I have. No. John, oh, you have? Funny. Okay. Are you on and board? I've read the graphic novels as well. That's a, Ah. Okay, oh, well, you're, you're more qualified geek, than I am. geeked out totally to The Boys. I have not read the comic books. I didn't even know The Boys was based on a comic book series. Uh, the Boys is a television superhero that has turned a television show that's turned the superhero genre on its head because the superheroes in this particular show are bastards. When I say bastards, they're not just like, oh, he's a bit of a dick. They're evil, murderous, scheming. So they're baddies then. Psychos. Superheroes that are goodies. They're baddies. But they are superheroes in the sense that, well, A, they have superpowers, and B, the public see them as superheroes. They don't know how bad they are. But along comes a gang. Let me me guess. I know nothing about it, but do some of them smoke and drink and, you know. That would be on the milder side of things they do. Straight off the bat, this is a filthy television show. It's (laughs) ultra-violent, ultra-graphic, ultra inappropriate okay, full I'm of bad language and for all of those above reasons and more I absolutely love it so they're these are bad bad superhuman people and then there's a group of uh, really flawed messed up 
ordinary people who know that they're bad and go after them and they are the boys. They're kind of a, a collective eight, uh, the A-team, but they actually kill people. Remember the A-team like used to blow things yeah, up yeah. and people would crash. Nobody but ever got hurt, like, yeah. These things will, these guys will. So tell me, me two things. Tell me, first of yes. all, where can I watch it? How many seasons are there or have there been? Okay, well, all good things. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, season three has just debuted in the last week or two. There is currently four episodes there. They put the first three straight up and they're drip feeding the rest of them uh, weekly at the moment. But you have a whole two seasons to go back on and okay. watch. And Billy Butcher is the head of the of the boys and he's uh, played by a guy called Carl Urban and he he sounds and talks like something out of uh, out of Viz. He's like, all right, I'm going to fucking kill you, right, mate? <laughs> He's a bit, all right, I'm a Londoner. Um, and he's going after a, a guy called Homelander, who's the head of the of the, of the the superheroes, the seven as they're called. And they're, they, they live and are run by this uh, evil corporation called uh, Vought. And uh, do you know what? There's a number of other <laughs> superhero characters in it that are kind of funny. So you have Homelander, he's kind of based on Superman. And he's a really messed up, messed up human uh, individual, superhuman individual, who's got a thing for Elizabeth Shue, who's his boss in season one, and he likes to be breastfed by her, amongst other things. I'm the Homelander, mm-hmm. and I can do whatever the fuck I want. Holy um, Jake. We also then have a, another character called Stormfront and A-Train and Deep, but there's a Queen Maeve who's played, uh, who's based on the Queen of Connacht, and is played by the Irish actress uh, Dominique McElligot, who's in The Guard and Raw, and also in House of wow. Cards. There's other um, actors in it. Simon Pegg appears in it in a couple of episodes, actually. And then Jack Quaid, who's one of the main boys. Um, he's the son of Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. Wow. Okay. But, John, um, do you like it? Do you love it? I, I do like it. I watched the first season. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought Elizabeth Shue was amazing in it. Uh I remember reading the comic, little little geek fact here. Yeah, tell us about the comics, John, because I believe yeah, the TV very, show like, is a much more sanitized version, which is hard to believe because it literally, the yeah. first few incidents in the show, Simon, you'd be like, oh my fuck, what's this? It's so violent and so inappropriate. Wow. Yeah, the violence and the, the inappropriate behavior mm-hmm. are yeah, turned up to 11 in the graphic novels. But the main guy, Huey, the inspiration for the guy uh, who obviously drew them and wrote, wrote the, uh, the stories was Simon Pegg. So if you see the graphic novels, the main guy Huey is Simon Pegg. It looks exactly like him. He says he saw him on a But he's TV not show Huey on the looked, TV show. He's yeah. Huey's dad. He thought he looked appropriately pathetic. So we put him as the main guy in the graphic novel. And of course, you've got to wedge him in somewhere in the show, yeah. uh, which and he does a good job, obviously. Simon Pegg, which he always does. Um, I'm not a big fan, I'll be honest with you. Uh, he's, Pegg, he's Grant. He's Grant. Yeah. Do you know what? He, like, he doesn't have a big role in this, but he's just, he's a big name. Uh, to be in it but Huey is 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 the main protagonist certainly in the in mm. the beginnings of it and like you say somewhat pathetic he's he's very much a reluctant becomes a reluctant member of the boys um through something that happened to his then girlfriend which was perpetrated mm. by one of these soups as they're called yeah he gets into it though he gets into the spirit of uh, the boys relatively have you quickly. watched any of season no so you've only done season one I've done season one I've dipped a little okay. bit into season two um but it's one of those shows that I will definitely Catch up on now. There's a new season out. Honestly, God, season three is better than the previous two. I can't believe I'm even saying that because one and two are so good. I was turned on to it by uh, some of my mates and I was like, what's the thing about called the boys and superheroes? Not my bag at all. Um, But I absolutely love this. Like you'd be pissing yourself laughing watching it. 
And yeah. it's one of those you'd be texting your mates going, have you just watched the last episode? It's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, there's, the, the way they kind of, the superheroes in it, they're obviously held up as celebrities, but the way they exploit, <clears throat> manipulate very damaged, weak people who view them as obviously superheroes, it's vile, but it's compelling yeah. at the same time. Like Jesus, Homelander. I'm going to have to go in, lads. You've sold it. I really enjoy it, Simon. Don't let even your eldest watch it, though. <laughs> No. So tell me Amazon Prime. That's where I can get it. Amazon Prime. Uh, I'll see three, all three seasons are there. And and great news, John, you've got catching up to do. They've renewed it for season four. Oh, beautiful. And they're making a spinoff as well. So I'm not sure about that, but that just shows the 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 buzz it's riding right now and the, the commercial success of it. You should have been raised in a home with a family who loved you, not in a cold lab with doctors. And yet I turned out great. Excellent. Right. By the way, can I say thank you for a previous recommendation, Ado? Um, you may. You, you, you thanked me for Sneaky Pete a couple of weeks ago. I ah, want yes. to say a big thank you for Das Boot. Oh, yes. Finally. Oh, my God. You have God. submerged on. I have done the three seasons in three and a half weeks. You I'm did up it to all. speed. Yeah, I did it all. It is absolutely fantastic. Like I the, love yeah. it. Right. Absolutely love the, the writing, the performances, the way it's shot. It's just fantastic. And then I remember you told me there is a season four coming as well, which is mm. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'm up to it's the. Be a long I'm way. almost on the last episode of season three, which is fantastic. Maybe so thank you. When it's finished, you're absolutely willkommen. Uh, willkommen, uh, Willkommen, Willkommen, Liebling. Well, it is that time when civility, order, and. <laughs> I was going to say, an educated voice joins the show. Uncle Brian is here, Edo, with his picks for the week. Hi, Brian. How you doing? Brian Lloyd from entertainment.ie. Thanks for joining us once again for your weekly picks. Are we starting in the cinema? Are we starting on TV? Where are we going? We're going to start with the cinema. Uh, I have two films for you, and they couldn't actually be more different uh, now that I sit here and think about it. Okay. Um, would you like the kid-friendly one or the absolutely not kid-friendly one? Let's go with I the kids first. Prefer. Come on. It's Simon's a daddy. Go on. Yeah, let's go with the kid-friendly one first. So, uh, Lightyear, have you heard about this? Have you seen about this? Oh, I just saw yeah. Tell on, me, on yeah. Twitter about it. I saw somebody, the F1 commentator was at the premiere of it in London. So I was like, oh, it's a Buzz Lightyear movie. That's as much as I know. Yeah. That's pr- And that's basically kind of all you need to know. So essentially what's going on here is... is uh, you remember Toy Story from way back when in 1995, yeah. the character voiced by Tim Allen. Um, Lightyear is essentially the film that inspired that toy character, if that makes sense. All right. So this is his, his origin story as such, is it? As it's, it's the origin story of the toy from Toy Story. Is in <laughs> that toy. I know. Like, see, this is the thing. When you try Can to we ex- not have an original idea, Hollywood? Come on, guys. I mean, like, right, that, and that is, uh, okay, so this is the problem I had with Lightyear, is that I actually really enjoyed it, and every part of me was telling me, no, I should hate this, I should hate this, it's completely unoriginal, I mean, it copies stuff from, you know, Aliens, uh, Star Trek, um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Wars, Top Gun, the right stuff, like, it's constantly self-referential to other films, and like, you know, like, the benign view of it is, is that, you know, this is a film uh, that's inspired by other films. There are plenty of examples, like, Jesus, every single Quentin Tarantino film, 
uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was taking its cue from James Bond and sort of adventure serials in the 1930s. You know, you can you can list off plenty of films that have been inspired by other films. The opposite of benign is that, as you say, Simon, this film is just completely unoriginal. It's just, you know, mm. copying things that we've seen before. They're literally like uh, scavenging from other successful films and then trying to find some ways of spinning it all off. So really, like, I mean, even before you sit down and watching this, chances are you're going to come down one way or the other on this, like, you know. The one problem I have with it is that it's not Tim Allen. That was the big thing that jumped out to me. I know it's the origin story, but it should. Yeah. Why is Tim Allen not doing the voice? I don't know, well, to well, be honest. Well, I mean, that's the problem. Hang on. Whatever about them pastiching or ripping off other things, I'm fine with that. What? What? No Tim yeah. Allen? Yeah, so it's Chris Evans, um, who people will know from the Marvel films. He played Captain America. Yeah. And to be honest, like, you know, I was thinking about this and I was trying to kind of, same as yourself, I was like, why didn't they get Tim Allen? But in saying that, like, if you go back and this is me kind of, I'm, I know I have a few years on you, but like, whenever they used to get like um, uh, tie-in toys for, game, for, for films, right? Yeah. And they'd have like the little voice activated thing. More often than not, the actors refused. They used to point blank refuse to have anything to do with the tie-in toys because they were like, oh, that's completely beneath me. Oh, I won't do that, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, you know, because Tim Allen, again, this is me reaching now, but because Tim Allen is a toy character, <clears throat> Chris Evans is the real actor. So, therefore, it would oh, make sense. Okay. To, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Now, look, yeah, I'm tangling myself you know- up here. Yeah, in other words, Tim Allen turned it down and they come up with this story then to try and fill it in. Do you know what? Do you want to hear a little bit of trivia about those voices on the toys? Uh, Tom Hanks, who played Woody, obviously, that we all know, you know the way they sold the toys and you pull the string and Woody's voice appears and, it's, and you think it's Tom Hanks? It's not. Yeah. It's, Colin, it's his brother, isn't it? It's his brother and his yeah. brother has made a living from it. Can you I believe that. that? Yeah. So is, is, he, is his brother famous or just has the voice that, that worked because he sounds like Tom? Slash Woody. Exactly. And he's his probably son a lot is, cheaper. His son is famous, obviously. His son Colin is a, an actor. So his brother's called Colin as well, is he? Yeah. And Martin, really? Sheen, Martin Sheen did that as well for Apocalypse Now. Um, when Martin Sheen had a heart attack, um, his brother, Joe Estevez, did a lot of the um, voiceovers in Apocalypse Now <laughs> while, he was in, while Martin Sheen was in hospital. Because again, same thing. They sound exactly the same. Every time I think I'm going to wake up back in the jungle, when I was home after my first tour, it was worse. I'd wake up and there'd be nothing. Keep people it in think the you don't learn anything from listening to this podcast. I mean, there's some incredibly interesting film trivia. Um, in terms of family entertainment, though, Brian, this is a thumbs up, yeah? Oh, 100%, yeah. Like, I mean, like, it's 100 minutes long, so it just zips along. It's very, very funny in parts. Like, I have to say, I was chuckling at a lot of parts. And yeah, like I say, like, it's... You know, it's it's a complete, it's a total family adventure kind of thing. Like you can absolutely watch this with your kids and have a great time. You'll probably get some good fun out of it as well. Especially if you if you love sci-fi and you love kind of space adventures. I think as an adult you will enjoy this. And I think love it. You know, like the idea is is that like it's supposed to be the film that inspired the kid Andy from Toy Story to go play with Buzz Lightyear and everything. So uh, yeah. on the basis of that, you can absolutely see how that would work and. It would inspire kids, like I think, to have a big imagination and you know all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, and does it do justice, Brian, to the Toy Story world? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's very much like 
you know, like again, it's a film based on another film, so it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to kind of draw a line between the two because it's one is meant to be inspiring the other. But yeah, no, definitely. Like I think it can hold itself alongside of Toy Story. And again, like it's it's a hundred and five minutes long. I mean, these films are meant to be. Yeah. you know snappy and to the point and light year is definitely that i think and the big question that's on all of our listeners lips is how many segments of the cherry's chocolate orange does it deserve i will give it uh i'm trying to remember now how we did this i want to say <laughs> every time every time i'm going to say 15 out of Ooh, 20 that's you want to calculate bad. that first into everyday um four mathematically four out of five four out of five that's all right isn't it I just heard a cat, a cat meow. Does someone have a cat with them? I, I heard a cat, cat meow. Anyone else? Am I am I hallucinating? I heard. No, I, think, I think I heard that as well. But like, I heard something. I don't. I, don't I definitely don't have a cat. No, no I don't have a cat either. <laughs> right, you have two cats, don't you? Yeah, none, none are present at the moment. All right, four no, out of I five. Think they four. are. I think one of them is hiding in a speaker under your desk. <laughs> <laughs> have you just four stood up one? <laughs> they get everywhere they're hard to see them. like a moving rock and I just remember you, you don't have names to them do you so we can't even ask which one did you stand on you just call them Ting and It or something don't you Catboy Cat 2 and so on yes um, right, so Buzz um, um, Lightyear as it's just called just by the surname that is is that out now Brian that's yeah that'll be out in cinemas uh, this Wednesday or Thursday I think it is magic love it Woody I don't leave toys behind Buzz yeah but Woody you're actually leave- not now not ever. And he left me behind. Now, moving on, uh, something that's not for the Chislers. Not in the slightest. This is a uh, good luck to you, Leo Grand, and it stars Emma Thompson and Irish actor Daryl McCormack. Um, so what's going on here is, is Emma Thompson is this um, very, I would say, well, not necessarily repressed, but this um, uh, religious teacher who decides after her husband has passed on and, you know, she's sort of a little bit lonely, she decides to hire a sex worker who's played by Daryl McCormack. Ah, and that old chestnut. Yeah, that old yeah, chestnut. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, again, yeah. kind of like Lightyear, um, it's a story that's been done before, but it's done very... No, 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 no. Like, as in, like, it's a familiar story. Like, it's been done before, yeah, it's but it's done mad. well. Like, yes. Yeah, it's pretty mad. Um, so yeah, so she hires uh, Daryl McCormick as a sex worker, um, and she basically initially starts off and she's like, "Look, you know, I've uh, I've never performed uh, fellatio on a man. Uh, a man has never wow. performed cunnilingus on me. I want that to happen. I want to do it." Like she has this, like basically, like this, like lo- a bucket list, if you know what I mean, of sexual stuff that she's never done with her husband, but that she wants to experience <clears throat> before she kind of passes on. And like, I mean. The film is very, very full on. Like it leaves absolutely nothing to the imagination about any of it. Wow! And you know, like I mean, to be honest, I actually found it very. Uh, this is going to sound kind of, I don't know. Uh, how do how do I? I mean, like I actually found it the film very sweet. It's actually a very very sweet film because it's really about the idea of like. Uh, I guess accepting yourself because like Emma Thompson's character for so many years has like kind of repressed herself and you know her and her husband didn't have a good sex life or or and, and all that sort of thing whereas Daryl McCormick you know he's much younger um, and seems to be completely uh, comfortable in his own skin he's like yep I'm a sex worker I enjoy sex people pay me for money I work out I look good and I don't really care what anyone thinks because I'm doing what I want to do whereas Emma Thompson's character throughout the film 
you know, she's 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 sensitive to her body. You know, she isn't sure exactly whether or not she should be doing this. She questions herself constantly, but yet she keeps going back to the guy. Like, I mean, it's set over kind of four visits, if you know what I mean. And where is uh, it set? Is it English set or? Oh yeah, yeah, it's set in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he's set playing in, like, an English character. No, 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 he's playing an Irish character. Like he is I Irish know. in it. Like he has his Irish accent yeah. and everything. Like and, for those yeah. who don't know him, and, and I just had to Google him. He's he's come a long way from Carrigstown. He was in <clears> first. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. Then, he then got a, a recurring role because you'd know him straight away. Not maybe from Fair City, unless you do watch that from Peaky Blinders. That's right. He's been right. yeah. in Peaky Blinders for a long, long time. Good looking young fella. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. Like, I mean, I would say it's one of, it, it really does play up the fact that he is a ridiculously good looking young man, like, and he's got a body built like a fucking Greek god. And like, I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's very much like, yes, he is a very, very good looking man. And Emma Thompson is a woman in her late fifties. Um, and their bodies don't look any way similar at all. Like, and again, I would say like, this film is very, very explicit. So like, Maybe I don't know. Don't bring your parents to go see it. Don't go see it with her. Or maybe nothing. Maybe nothing is left of the imagination. I like, guess. like not you know, a bit. I don't know if it's a, like. Would your dad appreciate going to see it? With your mother? I don't think so. By this, it sounds like it's a movie for women to see on their own and to fantasize. That's what it sounds like. I could be wrong. To a degree, yeah, I would say to a degree. I mean, like, I mean, it's definitely a kind of film of like, yeah, there isn't a whole kind of question of. Um, wish fulfillment and fantasy fulfillment like and the idea of like you know she's wanted to do all this for so long but she isn't even really sure if this was something she wanted it was just something like she felt that she had to do like you know that kind of way um and like it's you know like it's i mean it is very um how do you say like it does it isn't just like she wants sex and he's a sex worker like it does kind of delve into the whole relationship between you know, the idea of like, you know, do we deny ourselves pleasure? Like, I mean, is pleasure an inherently good thing or does it kind of corrode at you and that sort of thing? Like, it's very but deep does, stuff. Like, does it develop into a relationship or does he, does he throw her free one every now and then? Well, that's the thing, you see, that's the thing. Like, she kind of wants to develop it into a real relationship. And he's like, no, I'm a professional you know, we're going to stop that. And like, again, but like, that's no bad thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's like, I mean, it, by the end of the film, like she is, um, she meets him in this like cafe and she's like, starts talking to the waitress who it turns out was an old student of hers. And the student is like, oh, I remember you used to tell us not to be sluts when we were, when we were students and stuff. And she's like, yeah, well, this is a sex worker. Um, I'm going to go upstairs and have a uh, very, very passionate sex with him. And, wow. You know, I am very, very sorry for telling you to not act like sluts and all this. Kind of, like, I mean, again, very, very forward, direct, uh, leaves nothing to the imagination. And I think that's good. I mean, I think we as Irish people are so feckin' repressed in the best of times. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It doesn't sound like a very Emma Thompson kind of project, though. It's interesting that she's chosen to do a role like this, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, because, like, I mean, yeah, like, you think of her in, like, I don't know, like, The Remains of the Day or Shadowlands, I mean, and then you yeah. get further into something like... shows as well, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, it's... it's, it's her range and her interests. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, like, and to be honest, like, she's very, like, the two of them are very, very good in it. Like, you can see they're, they're very comfortable with each other. I mean, they have to be. I mean, they're both naked for i would say 50 percent of the film like so wow. they kind of have to get on with it like you know but yeah like i mean i do think like it's 
it's the kind of thing I would say it could have been written as a play, but mm. then they were like, no, 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 we're going to make this a film and make it, I guess, more sort of, um, I don't know, I guess more sort of cinematic, if you like, you know, kind of, like oh, it, it shot very, very well. Like, Sounds different. Give us a reminder of the title again, Brian, and uh, split the orange. Okay. Uh, the film is called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Uh, and I will it's not give called Split the Orange, no. It's not called Split the Orange. <laughs> I, I could think of, I had so many kind of things to say there. I was like, well, you could say, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's, you know. There's a lot of segments in there, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's lots many, of segments. How many segments is it getting? I will give this another 15 segments out of 20. Like, I really another did enjoy it. Another four out of five, wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's really good. Like, I mean, I will say, like, if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something mm. that is not your typical uh, cinematic experience, definitely give yeah. this a go. Number one, uh, I perform oral sex on you. Number two, you perform oral sex on me. Number three, we do a 69, if that's what it's still called. Um, four, me on top. Five, doggy style. Happy days. I mean, there's two two films at the uh, at either end of the entertainment spectrum in terms of, you know, kid-friendly and not yeah. kid-friendly, and they both score four out of five. You were in very good form this week. Everything all right? Did you, did you get sorted for your wedding burrito or something? Or what no, well, like, I mean, just... Uh, no, I still and haven't... That's not you from Isn't for Anthem, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> that's my forward question. No, to be honest, like, it was just, like, there's two cracking films, like, so it's always good. It's always, it's always, like... This is the thing people forget, right? It is always much more enjoyable to talk about a good film than it is to talk yeah. about a bad film. Like, it really is. Like, yeah. I mean, like, last you know, week when it was, like, Slate here because you think, Yeah, you would think some reviewers are like, oh, shit, the films are good this week. Damn, I wanted to rip into mm-hmm. it. You know, that that's almost... For some, not you, Brian, the default mode is just to tear down yeah. rather than... Yeah, well, praised. I've always got, I think this opens up another can of worms. We might have this discussion at, a, at another point, Brian, but the, the whole, the the job of the critic, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I could certainly talk to that in terms of reading reviews from stuff mm. that I've done in terms of theatre and film. Although it has always struck me that <clears throat> when when you do get a bad review, that it always strikes me that the critic has enjoyed writing that review too. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there are definitely some reviews I've written where it's like, I am enjoying this hatchet job. Like, I am just, <laughs> oh. And I mean, like, it's, uh, you know, yes, I, I will I will not lie. Sometimes it can be very enjoyable to write an absolute slate and like it can just yeah. really the healing um and then other times it's like you know it's more the film was disappointing or the film was frustrating yeah. like or you're like you're watching it's like oh god they could have done this they could have done that if they had just mm. changed this it would have been better and then you, and you know what the, the, again the is, verb yeah the verb disappointing you know we all know when it comes to our parents if they are you angry at me no no i'm just disappointed which is almost That's worse <laughs> yeah, yeah which yeah, is almost yeah. worse yeah like i mean like I've seen plenty of bad films that I've enjoyed and I've seen plenty of good films that I have not enjoyed. So like, yeah. you know, it's, I just, yeah. I mean, but yeah, you're right. There are some reviews where you're like, God, I'm just going to tear the arsehole out of this. Like, <laughs> but not this week, two films, week. both yeah. four out of five happy days. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. I've never had an orgasm. There are nuns out there with more sexual experience than me. It's embarrassing. Do you want me to brush my teeth? Let's go down the avenue. And we don't do much because there's so many of them out there, but like a good cop drama. Uh, oh, I yeah. think this one is a kind of a superior one now. And there's, there's a lot of, I suppose, awards been thrown at it and stuff written about it. But 
as it is now. Seven seasons have, have already kind of come and gone, and wow. now it's into a spin-off territory, and that's Bosch, which is on Amazon Prime. It's uh, so a... Yeah, Bosch, B O S C H. Yeah, I've uh, seen it. Listen, every I'm, time I turn on yeah. Amazon Prime, it comes up as that banner show up the top. Yeah, yeah. I always and find I those banner shows are kind of a put off. I'm like, yes, pushing these exactly. bleeding shows. Yeah. yeah, that's why maybe I haven't clicked on it for all the time it's been there. Like you say, there's seven seasons of it. All right, yeah. tell us about it. Should we dive in? Yes, it's set in LA. It's based on uh, the Michael Connolly novel. So there's lots of well-written, good-crafted kind of characters that kind of come and go, that kind of people the books. And we have Titus Welliver, who you'll see American character actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff since the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, he plays Harry Bosch, the main protagonist. He's kind of a, I'd call him a do-gooder almost, in that like he has this real black-and-white sense of morality. Not surprising, police detective in LA. But just doesn't mind messing people up either. Like he's like he does the job kind of on his own terms. I mean, all those kind of cliches are there, but he lives up in the hills. He's an ex. Let me guess, uh, is he divorced? He has. Drinks too much. Uh, he has a divorce, uh, obviously under his belt. He doesn't have a drinking problem. <laughs> under okay. his belt. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't, he hasn't uh, gone down the route of being a rogue cop just yet. Uh, he still abides by the law as much as he can, but he has uh, a past that haunts him, Simon. It haunts him every day. Oh, I love we get it. A, I love we get a lot of that. So you're saying I've got seven. He, he blames himself. There's a lot of self-blaming going on, all right. Seven seasons, but don't get me wrong. Each oh. season, there'll be little strands that might kind of come and go throughout, uh, you know, the I suppose the, the umpteen uh, episodes, but it's mm. relatively self-contained season on season. Okay. I thought the second series was what the second season of Troop Detective could have been had they oh, actually right. had good writers and people to keep to bring yeah. it forward but uh the second season of true detective as you all know was an absolute turkey um, yeah but, but to compare it to season one of true detective is uh is very positive it, yeah it, ha- it has the look the kind of the feel of it the committed performances loads of kind of ex luminaries from the wire show up you have really um, obviously people like you know i remember cedric daniels marlo yeah. sansfield compelling characters they show up in this and do good work um but it's just something about it. You think, oh, after two or three seasons, I'm going to get sick of it. And it just drags me back in every time. The first <laughs> episode, to tee it up, you're like, I have to know how he's going to figure this out. I have to know how he's going to bring these people to justice. It's uh, it's very, very good. It's a million miles away from kind of blue bloods and all that kind of yeah. very vague and boring funny kind of cop dramas that come out of America. That's what I perceived it to be, albeit from just looking at the banner of it, that it was another NCIS fucking cavern. No, no. NCIS, blah, blah, blah. Now they they take on kind of obviously you know the LA police force have had umpteen uh, I suppose criticisms leveled at them. They don't shy away from it. It's not set in some completely fictional world of cops trying to find the bad guys. It there's a mm-hmm. lot of real world stuff comes in and out of it. Uh, but just Titus Welliver is he's an exceptionally good in the lead role. And it says there've been seven seasons officially, and now they're in spin-off territory. So he's I think retired at this point, and he's just a private dick going around uh, tying up loose ends and trying to you know still uh, be a cop albeit you know he's been he's been put off the force but it's a show i'd wholeheartedly recommend but there's a lot of it there so i'd say pace yourself (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm gonna pace myself but i'm gonna go in excellent thank you johnny 
All right, some great recommendations, I think, this week. Uh, a, from a happy Brian Lloyd, who gave us not one, uh, two uh, really strong recommendations. John, you have turned us on to Bosch and Simon. Glad you caught up on Das Boot and we're all even still trying to figure out how to spell Pentaverit to watch that. Pentaverit. If you it. like violence and comedy, The Boys is the perfect antidote to all those superhero shows and movies that are out there. And of course... Another recommendation from us this week is the brilliant and mysterious Midwich Cuckoos, which is streaming on now and available on Sky Max with the brilliant Keely Hawes and Max Beasley. Marvellous. What have you learned this week, Edo? I think I learned that splitting the orange can mean more than I thought it does. <laughs> I learned this week that Brian Lloyd cleans his oven once a year. See ya! See <laughs> ya! 